I said, what you know about it? Listening to the stew. My name is Jason Stewart, and this is the food podcast that I do with you, Andre Conaparo. Say hello. <laughs> hello. My brother Chris Stewart is not here. And because- we do it with Stewie Stewart, but he's working hard tonight. So R.I.P. Stewie. Mm-hmm. Speaking of R.I.P. Stewie, last weekend Stewie had uh, his bachelor party. Good stuff. Very food centric. It was not very well. <laughs> in some ways, yes. In some ways, no. Maybe this could be the way that my mom finds out about what happened at my brother's bachelor party. Just golf and fun stuff. So we we had the my brother loves this place in South Pasadena, Arroyo Seco. It's a it's a park, big huge park. It has a golf course and batting cages and mini golf and a. And it's a, but it's a smaller, it's a really, it's probably the nicest in the area on the east side of like a, a nine hole par three. Like mm-hmm. really, like actually has nice stuff. Like Los Filos nine is horrible. <laughs> they're just like, there's sewage running through some of the holes and brown grass mm-hmm. everywhere. Like the Seco actually has like a nice, like, yeah. And par three nine hole, like with some water features and, you know, it's coincidentally, nice. both of them hug the LA river. Yes. Uh, the Los Feliz nine, uh, right by my house, my own backyard. We're always thinking. Actually, wait, it might be the. It might be an eighteen-hole par three. Is it? I don't think so. Okay, it's it, it it's just nice. Well, they're he, all par threes. And my and this is a place that my brother loves. It's a yeah, it's fantastic. a little nature oasis in L.A. where you can go and and kind of separate yourself from the hustle and bustle of town. And he has a lot of friends. You know, my brother just loves everybody, and everybody loves my brother. True story. Whatever, whatever city he lives in, he's the unofficial mayor of that particular neighborhood. He walks the streets, and the people shake his hand. Yeah, man. And he's like the nice version of me, some people have said. And <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, so at me. So evil twin, bad twin. Yeah, except that the thing is, I'm not evil. I'm like not, medium twin, good twin. Yeah, that that that's the thing. That's sort of my point. Is I'm I'm a nice person, which is very debatable. Very nice person. Just kidding. And and that's how much more nice my brother is. He makes me look full evil. But now Stewie's just like very sincere and sweet. You can just be a little saucy. Yeah, he, but also nice and a good friend. He, he has a genuine, pure heart, whereas. My kindness is clearly like transparent and uh, falsified. No, I think he just doesn't have like the slight element of like sarcasm and kind of you can be a little antagonistic in a playful way. Mm-hmm. Stewie's kind of straight vanilla in the sweetest, sincerest. Like he's just into people's stuff, just a good their art, good, whatever they're doing, good hearted, genuine person. Yeah. And you can be a little bit of a devil sometimes. <laughs> Stop that right now! No, I'm serious. You're great. Um, yeah, I can I can wield the little machete. I've got sure. a I've got a macheted tongue. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to slice it. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not afraid to slice down your cane fields. <laughs> so because my brother is so nice and and so uh, warm and welcoming, 
he had I was going through his his address book list of friends to invite to the bachelor party and he's got heads. I had about fifty names. He's got heads. So we were unable to do a, a traditional bachelor party where, you know, five five to seven bros go out know. to the desert and bury a body. Yeah, stuff like that. Like we weren't able to do that, so we had to have it be like a real for the people kind of situation. So we went there, it's a little golf cart golf course kind of restaurant lounge snack bar pro shop kind of thing going on lots of outside tables lots of people sitting around also some indoor area and a bar it's kind of everything you want full bar yeah full bar full bar and whenever we went there around 2 p.m and whenever one a, a new flock of his friends showed up they immediately, as as you do in a in a festive sense, you you buy uh, the man of honor uh, a drink. So I and yeah. and the woman there was pouring shot tequila shots that were very large. Sure. At the at the very least, it was a double, and I and it was kind of like a a quarter Homer bucket for all you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Home so Depot it'd be like, oh, oh, Big Steve is here. Let's we're getting Stewie a yeah. shot. Oh, Carl came up from San Diego. We gotta get Stewie a shot. And uh, and then it's we started really cooking. I did not get Stewie a shot. I did not get Stewie a shot either. It, I didn't have to. No, nope, sure. nobody had to. But started at two p.m. By six p.m. Also, fun food fact: when we first got there, they have a full menu there at the at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. But apparently they're only serving French fries and tacos when we got there out of about 42 items on the menu. Very shitty tacos. I didn't even have and one. And then uh, eventually they had... They opened it up to hamburgers. Pretty shitty burgers as well. Yeah. Mm. Wasn't expecting the food to be good. I was expecting to be there more food as an option. Yeah. I enjoyed the fry. I mean, there's like... You know, they've got like the classic sandwich menu for a golf course. They've got like the club and the tuna fish sandwich. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like... yeah. Somehow, I've been there a lot of times. I was shocked. You're like, yeah, uh, only got fries and tacos right now. I was like, <laughs> what? So I don't they know. Were, they if, were just hit so heavy. I don't know if they were got so scared about the amount of people, but I think more so it was like some Cisco order didn't come in or nobody showed up and the only person. No, well, I mean, I think the, the problem was I did not call ahead and say, hey, we're going to. But the other thing is, even if I did, no, they weren't going to no. be like, oh, there really? Some, no, there was something way weird back house where it's like, no, they had no cook show up somehow. <laughs> and like one guy who was there was like, well, I'm here to wash balls, but I can make tacos and fry fries. <laughs> That's what I do. Yeah, they look, they, even, even if I did something call was ahead, weird. they something wouldn't was have weird. scheduled accordingly, no. of course. Um, but I don't. I don't think our the amount of our group shut down their menu options. I mm-hmm. think there was something else going on. But yes, that was it. Was very weird. But by by six p.m., Stewie was asleep in a booth. In sure, the, in the restaurant. Yep, just fully snoring. And then uh, and then I felt bad for his friends who kind of drove up from faraway places to be with him. And you know. 6 p.m. Sun still shining. Yep, a, a nice, bright, beautiful day. But he is having a great time. He did have a great time. And then uh, there's a, there's a weird moment when I was like, oh man, he's drunk. Man, that sucks for him. And then like an hour later, I was like, wait, oh wait, oh I, 
I have to. I'm the responsible person for this man. My my, my twin sure. brother. My twin brother is passed out from drinking too much, and I'm ultimately the one who's resting have to from deal a with comfortable it. day of enjoying himself. I would <clears throat> say is a better way to put it. Resting from a comfortable day of enjoying himself. Just as taking, just taking a little cat nap, as you do at a bachelor party. If you don't, if you don't do that, then you are not doing it right, in my opinion. Sure. Whoever you're celebrating should be fully drooling on themselves and and whatnot um but i was like oh i have to i'm 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 in charge of this man and then we got we threw him in an uber i thought he was going to barf in the uber but he didn't uh our driver was chinese and he he gave me some peanuts and they were delicious and then he just went home and slept it off and then he texted me around midnight like what's up (laughs) (laughs) what are we doing back to the uber rider giving you peanuts i really feel like the era of the fun uber is dead when there were used to be so many snacks and so much bottled water in every Uber. Mm. These like snacks you would, were... You would hop in and there'd be like, do you want mints? And you'd be like, oh, wow. You show me a picture of these mints. I mean, show me a picture of these peanuts. They look fantastic. They look like... Uh, Huang Kung, Fei Hong spicy peanuts. They look like Kung Pao peanuts with those little bird's eye chilies in there. Yeah, they were delicious. I mean, Asians do a nut right. I'll say that. Sure. We'll just leave it at that. Um, you used to jump in an Uber and they'd be like... Uh, bottle water? You're like, sure, I'll have one. Mint? Uh, yeah. Oh, you want wintergreen or uh, spearmint? Like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like, well, just take both. Oh, you want a lollipop? Uh, I don't know. Sure. Uh, okay, cool. Um, you want butter on your popcorn or no? Yeah, it was like, it was crazy when, Uber, like, the first year or two of Uber, people would go so hard. There'd be magazine racks in the back of every seat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, I, I, I lift, I lift a lot and I see a, a decent amount. Now it's like getting in, and, and or for Lyft or two. It's kind of like, I mean, I don't expect it. And there's a glory day of when mm-hmm. there was like party buses practically made out of a Corolla. Well, you know, that was, that was back before there was, you know, truly we're in a rideshare monopoly going on where you kind of had to no, fight know, they, for they it a little bit. They don't need it. Yeah, they realize, you know. The rating thing doesn't matter anymore. We're going to be taking it regardless of. I mean, rating, them. I mean, how. When was the last time a rating thing mattered? And food-centrically, if we want to talk about it on mm. a food podcast. But like, as far as like gum and spearmint and all these like five stars, like everybody does five stars or they do one star. <laughs> There's no like three stars. It's like the same thing every time. I give people three stars pretty frequently. You're crazy. Why? Well, I don't know. It's fine. If, they, if, sure. they, if they do a really bad job, I do a three star and then I write my Lyft representative and then I have it amended. One of the only... St- Times I ever gave a one star. Shout outs to Lyft. Um, what you and I were going back from the smokehouse. The one time we went to my smokehouse weekly dinner, mm-hmm. and that crazy dude kept trying to like play his music for us mm-hmm. and was talking on his cell phone and almost hit a bunch of cars and was very high. And he was he was letting us know that next time we need a ride, just call his direct line. Yeah, just call his cell just phone. To, just text him so we don't have to use the the app. And then I'm like, well, how will you know where I am? Like, what if I'm in, like, Santa Monica and you're in Pasadena? And he's like, just give me a text, man. I'll come grab you. I'm oh. like, that doesn't make, that doesn't sound efficient at all. He, that, oh, it was, that was one of the worst ones ever. And that was an Uber. And after that ride, that was the one that made me re- switch to Lyft permanently because it was we, so bad. We almost, I mean, I think we almost were like, do we need to 
have him just pull over right now and let us out, and we'll call another one. I think he was telling us about a strip club in Van Nuys where mm-hmm. they'll there where prostitution is on the up and up there. I'm pretty sure he said he had cute cousins too. <laughs> Uh yeah, R.I.P. Uber, of course. Wait, so you're you're very vocal about this whole thing. You're like you you this has become a political statement for yourself with Uber. Well, the Uber part has nothing to do with why everyone else, like everyone, deleted Uber in masses because of their political problems that they were having a couple months ago. Sure, it was a big thing to delete it. I I I, it was, I stopped it, using. It was Uber. a campaign that lasted 24 hours. And they handled it poorly, but. It, Overall, as a you know, as a corporate system, it really kind of seems tomatoes, tomatoes as far as Lyft and Uber in the sense that Lyft capitalized on that, but they still work in the same function. Yeah, I, I just I just do Lyft because I think it's the people who are driving are usually more enjoyable. It's a better vetting process for me, at least. But let's get back to more snacks in the Lyft. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Because I like that. <laughs> we, we I'm looking should, for more snacks. We should talk about food, I suppose. Um, mm, so I do. I've been I've been working on some experiments lately. I was, what's wrong? No, no, no. Yep. <laughs> Recipes. Mm-hmm. Need to fire back at you. Mm. Oh, it's okay. But yes, Full disclosure, I sent Andre some uh, recipes of mine for his guidance and proofreading and yet to get a reply. I have no, I have notes and I, yeah, sorry. It's okay. Uh, um, you're leaving town tomorrow. You're busy. I'll just have somebody else. They're great. It. No notes. They're incredible. <laughs> mm. So I was trying to make, um, I was trying to make tortillas. I got, th- I got this really nice flour from Grist and Toll mm. where they're like an artisanal, Flour, stone ground, flour company, I think in Pasadena. And they make like really good flour of all different kinds. Replace the fat with Pedialyte. <laughs> but then uh, instead of using lard, I wanted to use schmaltz. Yep. Awesome. And it worked out all right. Got a, it got a little dry or let it sit in the fridge overnight. And I think it got a little weird. I should have let it sit for like 10 minutes. Mm. But like, it, I think it's really hard to make. It's really hard to make a good tortilla. I've I've found, I found that too. Like very hard to make a really good. Tor- it's one of the easiest things to look at and figure out and master. And the instructions are so simple. Just like flour, fat, salt, water. Flatten it out. Put it on a hot pan for thirty seconds and done. But like, when you have a perfect, really good tortilla from a homemade tortilla person i've never come remotely close to that at home yeah i think it comes i think the the simplicity of a tortilla also relates to the specificness of baking where it's Mm -hmm. it seems on an ingredient level you know like oh there's only four ingredients but the the temperature and the kind of fat you're using whether it's vegetable shortening or lard or chicken smalls like the humidity, the temperature, the press you're using, how thin it gets, the if you're using cast iron to cook it, the million using, different variables just, of your just, oven. It just takes like you need to be in the same environment over and over and over, just like a great bakery that uses the same oven over and over, and then 
understands the weather and mm-hmm. the yeah, temperature. Yeah, that was like when, like, um, when Gillian, Gillian Ferguson was talking about baking, showing up to work, and then some days the sourdough mother is just ruined. Well, even like, like the Tartine books or their, you know, him and the the articles he's done and the interviews he's done, you know, baking in San Francisco is crazy because when you're talking about fluctuation of temperature and humidity, mm-hmm. like if the Bay Breeze is coming in, if it's a fogged in day, mm. depending, like all that kind of stuff, like even when you know, you just have to know everything every day in the same place year in and year out and then... You mm-hmm. kind of get it. And I think, you know, Southern California is incredible weather to have a, a long-running consistency of yeah. temperatures and kind of humidity. But I think it's... Shout it's, out to Nancy Silverton on that one. It's easy to dismiss the tortilla as an easy thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it is at all. Because I've tried to do it a lot. And sometimes it's come out good. and mm-hmm. But probably never better than something else I've eaten. Mm-hmm. And also guisados. Just always, always nails their tortillas mm-hmm. so incredibly well for yep. corn. I made I made a few tortillas and they came out all right. They're a little, they're a little dry, a little kind of crunchier than soft. Not as delightfully gummy as I was hoping, but and then I had the idea to make a make a sope because mm. I don't have a tortilla press, but right. you can easily mold a sope by hand. A sope is like a a thick, round, small tortilla with a pressed in center, so you can use like a little, like a T plate to kind of push in that bottom part. Yeah, where the, where it kind of has, it's kind of like a small pie crust where there's yeah. a lip a lip around the edge, and then you'll either like deep fry that or shallow fry it in a little bit of oil and get it going. It's not cooked dry like a tortilla is. Well, you can do it like a dumpling too, where you put it into a pan with some oil, right? Fry mm-hmm. the bottom. Mm-hmm. And then you just add a little bit of water, cover it, and so then you see, steam the top, and the bottom part's still crisped up. Is that like, a real thing that people do with sopes, or do you yeah. just think of that right now? No, I think mean, it's something that they do. I mean, mm. when you do it on, like, on a plancha, like at a Mexican restaurant, like that's not always the case. But mm. I've seen them cover it with, like, when, you do, when you're melting cheddar on a cheeseburger. Like, you'll hit mm. it, and then... Okay, that's interesting. I'm going to try that next time. Because, right. like, I mean, there's no way to cook something that thick on the top on a flat top without kind It'll of... burn. And a lot of times I think that they, they get steamed first and then just, like, fried. <clears throat> well, it, it turned out a lot better as a soap egg. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it, it, it tasted schmaltzy, had a good little chicken flavor, and then on top of the soap egg I put some uh, avocado and some, some white onion... And then some crispy chicken skins and some tapatio came out real nice, but then I was thinking like that that was fine, but I, now I'm, now I'm going to try to do it with bone marrow, beef bone marrow as the fat instead, because when I was in, <laughs> that sounds so expensive and hard to do. Well, it's not it's not that expensive or that hard to do. Because bone marrow, you just buy the bones. The bone, bone marrow bones are not that expensive. And then, They're not, but you don't get a ton out of it. I don't need a ton. Right. Mm. And I, I thought of that because I was in, in Tijuana at the, at the Caesar Hotel where they have the, must Caesar, be nice. the Caesar salad was birthed. No one's ever said it must be nice when I said I was down in TJ. <laughs> I said the Caesar Hotel. 
It's not that nice. <laughs> uh, it's where the uh, it's where the Caesar salad was invented, allegedly. Allegedly, sure. But they have Table side. they have um, if you order the bone marrow there, the instead of like a crispy piece of bread to smear it on, they have a little mini sope right. as the vessel. And I was like, oh, that's such a good idea. And then I thought about if you get the bones, like you just go to the market and you get a bone. Not that many markets sell bones with marrow in it. I mean, you have to go to you can go to a Mexican market that might have some split beef bones, but like if you want a nice, it'll be clean, a whole. I'll go to Whole Foods. That's just not cheap. But yeah, all right, it's, it's fair. Not that I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening. And then I mean, you literally just roast it in the oven for 20 minutes, and you have bone marrow. That's it. You just put it in the oven. Yeah, but your bone marrow's rendering, and you're going to put all that oil in there along with the fat. But it's also, I mean, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. Because I, I haven't done it. I'm skeptical. But when you have clarified fat like you would have in a vegetable shortening or in a lard, mm-hmm. like you've got a mix of solids and liquids mm-hmm. because it's not fully rendered and then strained like you would have a normal lard. Mm-hmm. And even a chicken schmaltz off the top of like a broth or if you're making schmaltz, like mm-hmm. it, could be, it could be incredible. I don't know. I don't know either. But I, I, was, try I was thinking, yeah, because when you, when you cook a bone marrow bone, like this, the, a, a big-ass beef femur or something like that split in half down, you know, lengthwise down there, You'll. I, I was gonna like cradle it in a little bit of aluminum foil, so any of the fat that drips sure. off of it will mm-hmm. be saved, and then just kind of dump all that, scoop that in. To uh, I was gonna try to do it in a mortar and pestle, and then just kind of emulsify all of that into one. I feel like this is one of those things where you need to you need to apprentice under somebody for a long time how to do it like a very traditional Mexican way, and then you branch out as opposed to like I'm gonna start with going wild but i don't know how to do the fucking basics you're absolutely right but i don't have time right now no nope. i'm trying to, no I, time i no need time. to i need to do some, this is for something that's a very pressing matter so i have to do an excel going off course. res off the bat yeah 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 and i think i'll be able to get it but it'll it'll take a little bit of experimenting and then from there then it'll just be a sope that tastes like bone marrow and then from well that would be incredible but I wonder too, I mean, like if you're using beef lard, it'd be interesting to compare the two flavors because it's same animal, same fat, different texture, different style of rendering. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing about it that doesn't sound like a better version of that if you can get the texture right. Yeah, and I thought that bone marrow and sope together was a really good combo. I guess on top of that, then, you know, the sky's the limit of what you address the sope with. What, but like, that's the thing is I was trying to think of what you normally pair with bone marrow and it's like a little bit of diced chive or parsley and some salt and a piece of bread. Like not a, not a, not a lot is going on really. No. But I also like a little acid in there too. Oh. It doesn't always happen. Mm-hmm. A little lime. Yeah, but even something like a chili salt or a lime salt, like something that doesn't have to be like actually in liquid but, form, but something bright. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe just like some like a really quick guacamole of just avocado and a bunch of bright brightness. Maybe a little yuzu. Staying Mexi. All right, I see it. Staying Mexi. I mean, no, it, but even like when I really like traditional French style bone marrow, you're basically just getting 
toast points or baguette and yeah. just a beautifully roast, perfect bone mm-hmm. marrow. It's always like the, the the finish. I'm always looking for something on on the plate that I can dab or scoop into that leaves some kind of acid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah, a little acid, a little a little shallot maybe. Who knows? Mm. But like yeah, I've had bone like Bestia has a bone marrow pasta. That's really that's actually really good. It's probably my favorite thing there. And then this place by my house has like a bone marrow ramen kind of thing mm-hmm. where you scoop the ra- the bone marrow into the noodles and mix it all together. But that's the problem is like marrow fat and bone marrow itself it doesn't really like no, mix um, so well. It I don't just like kind of things mixed. There's um, even Kispaka does the bone marrow um, pot pie. Oh yeah! Oh Jesus! I forgot and it's about that. Good, but it's almost like—I mean, it's incredible. But I, I'd, rather, too rather, damn rich. I'd rather have bone marrow on its own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so rich. Oh, that's probably so good. So we'll see uh, if you guys have any ideas on how the best way to incorporate that something better than mortar and pestle. Let me know. Shout them out on social media. <laughs> Shout me out on social media. Um, what else have I been working on? Oh, I'm, I'm work- I brought over a soup experimentation that I'm working on right now. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a, a Filipino soup dish called arroz caldo, mm-hmm. which is basically just like a, a Filipino version of porridge or kanji kind of thing it's not quite as cooked down into a paste it's it's still the rice granules are still a little bit keeping their structural integrity but you it's um it's just like rice that's cooked with chicken stock for a long time until it gets kind of soft and mushy and then there's bits of chicken in there if you want and then they'll garnish it with fish sauce and fried garlic and green onion and lemon Mm. super good one of my favorite things to eat and then i was trying to have you had it anywhere that makes it good in la um it seems like a recipe better done at home if possible it is better done at home and i've made it a bunch of times at home and it's better than but, but but that's specifically but the with little, the little side bits kind of seem to seal the deal. The side bits seal the deal. I mean, but w- with Filipino food specifically, any Filipino person will tell you that getting it at a restaurant is never as good yeah. as your your mom's house, uh, unless you go to Lhasa, which is very good. Right. Um, which I think just opened up full time in Chinatown Plaza, so. I would suggest going there because it's really good. It really is. But um, this this dish, arroz caldo, you like you eat it on a cold day or when you're sick. It's kind of like the the Filipino matzo ball soup kind of vibe, mm-hmm. soothing the soul. Um, and the the big part about it is fish sauce. And but I was I was thinking of how to make that little how to make that dish easier. Because you have to get a chicken and cook it and then take all the meat off and then make stock out of the bones and then boil rice and then drain it and then cook the rice. And it kind of takes a long-ass time. So then I I reached to my neighbors in Glendale at Zen Cow Chicken. What? So yeah, sit down. So Zen, I, I was like, at Zen Cow Chicken, you can get the family meal. 
Yep. For our listeners, Zenko Chicken is like a very infamous, popular restaurant in in L.A. for like Armenian roasted chicken and shawarma and pitas and all that Lebanese, stuff. Lebanese, Armenian, kind of a mix of a lot of different things going on. They mention it in a Beck song. Beck mentions it in an old song. It's he wears the T-shirt and lots of early photo shoots. Mm-hmm. Their family is ripe with controversy about like weird murders and stuff like there that. There's been murder. There's been murder. But they, for uh for eighteen dollars you can get the family pack, mm-hmm. which is a whole rotisserie chicken, two sides, um the garlic sauce, the garlic spread, uh and like pickles and pepperoncinis and all that stuff. And a bag of pita. Yep. Pretty good deal. Great deal. You know, feed your family of four for under twenty bucks, not bad. Uh, so I was like, "What? I'm gonna f- try to make a this this dish only with ingredients from Zankow Chicken, only using that. So if you get the family meal, you get you get two sides. One of the sides is basmati rice. Hmm. One of the sides is a garden salad. That's what you chose because there's more than one side to get. Yeah, there's you there's hummus, hummus tabbouleh, yeah, yeah, tabbouleh, yeah. But for this specific yep. idea of making make the soup, this soup. Yep. one of them had to be rice. And so the rice is already cooked. It's already seasoned and flavored and, and ready to go. So that part is, is good. The only problem is it's salted. So making this dish, no salt should be added whatsoever because you're roasting. You're, you're making stock out of a already pretty fucking salty chicken and rice that's been seasoned. So it's already leaning on the salty side. Um, but... Just taking all the meat off the bone, making a stock out of the carcass, which which tasted really good. It, it was like it tasted like Zenkao roasted chicken broth, and then cooking down the rice in that broth for a couple hours. A couple hours of rice and broth. Yeah, and not mushy. Well, you want it to be mushy. You want it to be mushy. You want it. You're you making want- porridge. Yes. Okay. Fine. Exactly. All right, got, it, got it. Okay. Got but it. it's somewhere between porridge, but. Uh, it usually doesn't take that long, but this rice, it's like a pretty resilient basmati that seemed like I could have just cooked it. So you're for, babying it. So I could have cooked what it for 12 hours, and it still would have held its shape, kind of. It was not breaking down at all, much like the Armenian people. Never. Um, Strong. So make that soup, take all the, the chicken meat, shred it, mix it all in. Um, the red onions... From the from the garden salad, dice those up and and put those in there, and then uh, the garlic spread that goes in there to add a little garlicky Ooh, garlicky hit. Bad man. And then you just kind of cook it all down for a couple hours, and then it turns all nice and yummy. And then at the end, I'll I'll plate it and I'll do like a little micro brunoise dice of the red pickled uh, turnips. Are those turnips or radishes? Radishes, radishes. The big. What kind of radishes are those? Because they're big. The big, long, like French fry mm-hmm. sticks. Yep. What kind of radishes are those? Because it's not just a regular radish. Those have to. I don't know what they are. But the if you've ever eaten at a Armenian or a shawarma or a Middle Eastern place, you've seen these. They're like a bright purple, I mean, pink. I, thought, I mean, you think they're turnips? They could be. I don't know. But I mean, like some of them are like three inches long. And what? And what kind of radish produces a a three inch long? Yeah, that makes French sense. Stick. No, it's true. Mm. So I'll do like a real fine, fine, fine 
three centimeter cube dice of that. Put that on top, and then uh, a little pepperoncini on there. You can squeeze it on there and add a little heat and brightness. Hopefully, it goes well. But you haven't tried it yet. I haven't tried it yet. You're as soon as we finish this podcast, we're going to try it for the first time. It's very exciting. Um, you know the the long running rumor, whether it's true or not. That wild garlic sauce that is so good yeah, yeah. is literally just whipped Crisco with fresh garlic. Garlic and Crisco. Mm-hmm. You've heard that. I have heard that. Yeah. We've probably mentioned it on this show before. And then uh, the pita bread, I'll just maybe I'll just toast it, and you can just use that as a little little chip dipper for a little crunch in there or something like that. Love it. I was also thinking about pita chips when we when I made that fatouche salad. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was so good. I thought it was incredible. And it's one been, of the better things. I think you. I mean, you make great things all the time, but that one was pretty amazing. It was good. I couldn't stop eating it. Um, the main. I mean, the, a fatouche salad. If you've never had it, it's like a Middle Eastern salad that has some. But you had like you had ribbons of it, as opposed to like the giant pita chips of it. Yeah, it, but it, it'll be like uh, kind of thicker cut cucumbers. Radishes, tomatoes, parsley, dill, different kind of herbs, and then like a lemony vinaigrette with a bunch of sumac. And you can add other stuff. I put avocado in it. You can put some feta in it. Mm-hmm. And then traditionally like pita chips torn as like a crunchy crouton element. But they're always so big that it almost becomes like a panzanella or like a really it's a little big Italian style where like bread is kind of the main ingredient. And what I loved in the version that you made was that it was almost like Mexican style tortilla strips, mm. like it was much smaller pieces of toasted pita in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so you actually got to enjoy a lot more of the vegetables and just being like, okay, I'm just gonna scoot my fork around these giant pieces of <laughs> pita that I don't want. I want to have like a small bite of, and I'll eat mm-hmm. all the vegetables. Yeah, that's kind of my my OCD kicking in of where I need everything to be a uniform size, which is like the only thing I have OCD perfectionist tendencies in it just don't have it turns and in, turns into food only and not like my life and career choices or like cleaning my house or something but um an, a very popular ingredient in middle eastern cooking is pomegranate molasses uh-huh i was thinking of how to incorporate that and i've never cooked with pomegranate molasses i've never used it but it's like a normal sugar my dad uses it all the time he's obsessed with it yeah and a lot of people love it I was thinking about like what would happen if you took some pomegranate molasses and did a, a smeared, a thin layer of it on, on pita and kind of baked that into it a little bit. Well, kind of like uh, if you don't cook with it, if you're using it as is, if you're not cooking with it, it just comes out as like a syrup, like a thick maple syrup. Okay. It's very sugary, very bright. Um, so it lends itself a lot more to like vinaigrettes or to sauces, and mm-hmm. but if you're like dipping into it, it kind of tastes like a yeah, not some like not dipping into it, more syrup. more of like taking the entire pita bread, toasting it in the oven until it's crunchy and crispy, and then applying a very very thin layer of it, like a layer of Vegemite on toast or something like that, and then kissing it under the broiler for ten seconds just to kind of seal it in and lock it in. And then from there, crumbling it so you kind of have like a weird added dimension to your to your pita chip action. Sure, could be a possibility. We'll see what happens. Outside the toaster oven box, you are. I'm going fucking deep, man, and I like it. 
All right. So I just ate some high chews, and you've been eating Kirkland beef jerky with hot sauce on it, and surprisingly, it tastes very good, and it's kind of fucking me up because it tastes so good, and I didn't want to like it. It's I'm kind of like it's astronaut the, carne it's asada, new. I'll say. Yeah, our friend Nikki came up with this idea to eat beef jerky with hot sauce, and it's a great combo. <laughs> Never had it until tonight, although the hot sauce we're using um, came from the, farm, the Sunday farmer's market in Hollywood. Um, El Machete. Yeah, El, Ma- El Machete. Very good salsa, man. Which is their... Or hot sauce. I mean, there's a, their marketing is a microbrew chili sauce. <laughs> microbrew chili sauce. Which is kind of... All right. I mean, I understand what they're... A little they're, dorky. Oh, but yeah, but I understand what they're saying is they're, they're doing smaller batches of it. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's kind of like a trigger word maybe for some people. But Yeah. Um, well, like if you're not... If you're not Tapatio or Tabasco, that means yeah, that everyone's like, uh, a microbrew. But the, the colors were beautiful in the bottles when I went by and, and decided to take a sampling of everything. And I, I think they're actually making incredible hot sauce. Yeah. Um, one's called the Mexican Molotov, uh, which is a suspect name. There's a, the, you know, like the, the branding <laughs> is, you know, it's, it's whatever they want. But the sauce that they're making is incredibly good. You just sounded like a nice, condescending parent. No, like no, that. it's kind of like, you know... It's, it's, a, it's whatever like, you want. I mean... Some people want to have a shitty label. It's fine. The, what, the product they're making, I don't know if I've had anything better bottled in a long time. And mm-hmm. very impressed by it. And it pairs super well with beef jerky. <laughs> um, you can get them at the, the Sunday Hollywood Farmer's Market on the alleyway. Right next to the cool dude who's doing the kids' dance stand. <laughs> right next to Dave's Gourmet Korean Food next to the falafel stand. Or you can go to elmachete.com. Sure. That I have yet to be to the, to the <laughs> website, so I'm not sure how functional that is. But <clears throat> So I got most of their um, hot sauces, and they also do some, I think, some sauce starters and some other things that I tried. There was nothing that I didn't try that I didn't think was incredible, so... Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, a little bit, so been a little bit addicted to it. Been putting it on a lot of things. Check out elmachete.com for some delicious, expensive hot sauce. I mean, Del Scorcho, you've got a competition in town. <laughs> there's a there's a new habanero in town. Um, now that we've now that we've got the the fun stuff out of the way, now I uh, I, I went to Twitter and asked. Uh-oh. Ask my uh, ask my followers for some food questions to try and stump the master Andre Conaparo. Let's see if we can get into it this it's this so week. It's easy to stump me. He's so modest too. It's cute. Um, I, mean, I have no. I mean, I have nothing. At Uner ASAP Erg. What is ASAP Erg? U R G. I don't know what that means. Uner. Frozen broccoli. How do you make that shit palatable? Good question, ASAP. You just stumped the chump, because <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, I would imagine making it into a bread would be the only thing you can do with it. Broccoli bread. Zucchini bread, broccoli bread. I mean, like any, any kind of green chard. You can make anything into any bread, really, as long as you get enough moisture out of it and add a little bit of sugar. I like sour cream in my kind of vegetable breads. But Sour cream, as, broccoli bread, bitch. You just shut it down. No, but I think as far as... Trying to make it as a served vegetable, I think it's. I don't know. How yeah, to do I think that. I think a frozen broccoli, like frozen, it's a frozen pea, frozen pea, great, and frozen corn, and even frozen green bean, like. And it's funny because I'm going to talk about this later because fried rice is one of my topics tonight. 
you can get away with it flash fried. Like you can actually really get some texture out of fried out of frozen corn or peas or green beans. But yeah. like broccoli florets is that's a a, a much more delicate beast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I would say that I would probably take the broccoli and then maybe like make a pasta sauce out of it. Like I mean, try to get like a real healthy fortified sauce where you get the broccoli, um, like cook it with some chicken broth and just to warm it up and then hit it in the blender with some, you know, onion and garlic or whatever. So you have like a real broccoli ass sauce and then cook some pasta and toss it in that or something like that. Yeah, I mean, you could try and do like a queso. Make a queso, then like use the cheddar broc- broccoli dip. Yeah, like a cheddar broccoli dip. I mean, I think that would probably be fine because you're like the texture. You're not really pulling for like an al dente broccoli. Mm. You know, I think that might work. Maybe smear it on a sope. But if you're really stuck using it, if like if you're in a house and it's there and something you can eat, I mean, I would probably try and get it to room temperature and try and drain it or let it sit. You know, and like bring it up to temp before you throw it away. Yeah, try and don't, get, don't try throw and away get frozen. To thaw first, <laughs> pat it down with some paper towels, and then throw it in some olive oil and hope that it has some texture left over. Or um, best case scenario with frozen broccoli, if you ever like fall and hurt your elbow, for just put, sure, just put the bag right on there. That swelling's gonna disappear. Get the swelling down. Bingo. Um, bot. 106, DJ friend and and uh, fellow hiker. Him and I have the same hike. Yo, great hike. I've been on that hike. <clears throat> Shout out to Bot says, good farmer's market vegetable boxes. I, it's been so long. We had one when we lived together that I was fine with, although I just got a lot of potatoes. <laughs> a lot of sweet potatoes. A I, lot of... I've found that the vegetable boxes... Like when, like the organic delivery ones where you sign up and you pay whatever it is. I think any of them are good. You just have to stay on it. Like it's every all, week when you get the newsletter or whatever, like this is in your box, you have to be like uncheck, 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 add, add. It, I think it's too much work. I think it's a little bit uh, yeah. of a racket. And, and, and like you and I are people who live and work from home and cook very frequently we have it so and, we have we've it never so, been able to make it make it through a box without shit spoiling yeah but we also have it so easy as far as that we can also really we can shop on the weekends i mean some people have kids and no, I, mean, I, I mean i'm yeah. not knocking the box no, i'm saying like, like we're if we can't make it through a box without all of it spoiling and turning gross then somebody with a nine to five or kids or whatever it might be is never going to work their way through it. I say just so I have no good. Just go to yeah. Just go to Vons and buy that shit. You can get organic there now. <laughs> I have no box brand suggestion, but if you're going to do one, I would say what I did learn before I stopped doing it. Better what not we plug. learned is just kind of like be. They'll send you usually like a couple days before. This is what we're sending you, and you have this much time to cancel a certain thing or change a certain thing or swap out this. Because they'll all, always give you like 15 apples and seven sweet potatoes, it seems like, just to get that <laughs> weight in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like, oh, we have a bounty today. So, so if you can stay on top of what's in season um, and, and stay on top of what you don't want in that box, what you think you won't cook or what you're tired of that's been consistently in there, I mean, that's more than a brand. The idea is that you kind of have to manage what's coming in your box. True. Full-time job, and I don't want that headache. Right. Get that box out of here. Uh, Max at M Anderson underscore 
Anova Precision Cookers. Are they worth the money? I'm thinking about getting one. I think that's just one of the brands of home sous vide machines. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, I have the Sancerre that my mom got me. Shout outs to you, mommy. I've uh, used an Anova wand. I don't know if the term precision cooker is. Is that like a Hitachi? No, I don't know. I mean, it's the. So the Anova wand for sous vide. I mean, I guess we could look it up. But I mean, um, like basically. So if you're talking about a sous vide wand by Anova, I, they're incredibly well made. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're certainly the rival to the Sansari and the Jewel. A Sansari. Sansari. <laughs> Sunsari. Uh, th- but, you know, they're, they're kind of all the same. They all cost about 200 bucks, and they all kind of do the same thing except for the jewel. I would yeah, say, like, it's a, it's, a, it's a food item. Yeah, it's the wand. So it's the wand. Yes, it's totally worth getting if it's what you want. I mean, the difference would be the jewel um, is a smaller footprint and has some nice function to it, except that there's no actual controls. You can't use it without a smartphone or a tablet, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of sus. Kind of sus. I've, it, it's never been a problem in the year I've had mine, but meh. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're absolutely fine with getting that if you like it. Mm-hmm. Um, they all work the same. I mean, I worth think the money? I'd say it is worth the money. Worth the money as far as they're all at the same price point, and I think it's a great way of cooking. But it, it does seem like the, the home sous vide wand is like the gift that you... like If you're really into food and you don't know what to buy... Either as a gift for a friend or for yourself, that seems to be the the new default thing to buy because it's mm-hmm. so much more fun than like I bought a a two hundred dollar really good frying pan or like I bought a like, I mean look it's either day, or just like nothing, I bought a blender. There's nothing better than a good chef's knife if you want to get something for somebody. True that, unless they already have one. But that's the world's greatest gift. If we're talking about gifts, but if you're mm-hmm. talking about if the if you're excited about sous vide cooking, I think the Nova is a great choice. I think yeah. it's been very Just popular. Just make sure, uh, very make well sure you through. use it. Uh, uh, get, a, get a sous vide machine if you have an experimental, explorative um, brain where you want to like do weird and stuff and try things out and really get your money's worth. And, and you're not just like, I'm going to do a dumbass steak and then fuck it up. Don't, don't do that. Yeah, but also don't be intimidated by it. It's really like it, it's it's. I think I've talked to a lot of people that seem that it that it sounds fancy, but to me, it's really no more complicated than frying something well in, or sautéing something well in a in a pan or or baking something. It's really. I think it's just we're not accustomed to that style of cooking, mm-hmm. and it's as simple and as accessible as anything that you put in a pan or an oven. Mm-hmm. It just you need to learn how to do it. Just and I think learn. it's something that like none of our parents taught us to do. I think it's a generational thing in a way. Like I had to teach my mom how to sous vide. <laughs> no, but I mean, like you never grew up being like, oh, this is you sous vide. So right. if you suddenly learn it at thirty years old or twenty years old or whatever age you are, and you've never seen it done before, it's kind of like, what is this shit? And then you do it a few times, and suddenly it's oh, it's it's just you heat water up and you put it in a bag and make sure it's kind of unless you're on Top Chef and, Junior, then you yeah, were. Well, then they're just all assholes because nobody <laughs> wants to watch a stupid garbage trash show like that. But yeah, sure. We need to get this guy a drink. What? Next question, our friend of the show, Mike Benner. Mike Sa- Benner. Sandwiches in the tub, pro Mike. or con? Oh, for There's sure. There's always one silly, silly joke question. Yeah. I say uh, I say no to sandwiches in the tub. Um, but all the oh, also I've never had a sandwich in the tub. Um, I'm trying to. <laughs> have you ever had a sandwich in the tub? 
Um, is that code? Have you ever cried in the shower? Sure. <laughs> I'm assuming it's same vibe. No. Um, I mean, you've I've had a beer in the shower. I've had many beers in the shower. I've never had sandwich in the tub. I've it's... had wine in the tub. I've had champagne in the tub. Oh, I'm sorry, sweetie. Wait, was that her name? <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> hey, guys. Um, sandwich in the tub. Never done it because mainly I don't fit in any tubs at all. So I, mean, I, I'm I would eat a sandwich in a jacuzzi, though. I'm on the smaller scale of not fitting in tubs, too. It's 6'4". Mm-hmm. I'm like, not very often. I would yeah. think for you, unless I'm staying in Shaq's Airbnb, not going to happen. God, if Shaq Airbnb and I do it once a year, just right? for the countertop height. Yeah. Um, but uh, Mike definitely have that sandwich in the in the tub. I would say. I mean, I feel like wine, beer, maybe a small cheese plate is mm-hmm. kind of more more tub friendly than a full hoagie. I mean, if you're dripping like some whiz from Geno's with that Omarosa roll flight in from Philly, mm-hmm. you're gonna fuck up the whole the whole bathtub. I'm thinking, I mean, are there are there drippers involved in this sandwich? Is it see, like that's a, the other question? Is there is it is it oil and vinegar? Is it is, are we talking about well, we like need an to Italian? Establish, we need to establish a food tub right? Are we, are we talking about rule set? English cucumber sandwiches? Like, are we talking toast points? Like, okay, well here's here's one thing because we've all done a jacuzzi or a pool. Situation where you're having a, you're having your, you have your beer, your, your glass of wine or your drink, and it's sitting on the pool next to you. And then maybe, you know, maybe there's a doobie going around or you're having a cig. And then you kind of have the conundrum of wet finger on, mm-hmm. on a cigarette or a doobie. You have to factor that into play with a sandwich. Yeah. I think the only foods you can eat in a body of water from a tub to an ocean are ones that don't involve hand to food contact. Um, I think so. I'm, I'm gonna... talking chopstick food. I'm talking fork food. I'm talking things that can be shoveled into your mouth without having to touch it with your soggy hand. I think I'm going to go on Etsy tonight and start a new bumper sticker. You all can buy it in 24 hours called Don't Wet That Bread. Don't Wet That Bread, baby. And, 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 and also, if you want to wet it, don't wet it with your, bo- with your bath water Mm-mm. because that's going to be soapy. It's going to be oily. It's going to have, it's going to have your days fill- bleached. If you're talking jacuzzi? Do you take a bleached bath? No, I'm talking about jacuzzi. You mentioned jacuzzi. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. That's true. Bleaching that jacuzzi. Uh, Cybermax at Hughes Maxwell. <laughs> Do you or Andre fuck with Batarga? Can you encourage me to get some? Ooh, great. This is a very appropriate question. Cybermax, great question. And also, there's, there's another Batarga question. Two Batarga questions. The other one... Uh, is it trending? From Truette What's going on? Dietz. What does trending mean, by the way? <laughs> like, what is the definition of that word? I just used it. Need to know how it's used appropriately. You feel weird because you never yeah, use it. Why before. are there two questions for Batarga? I don't know. And the, well, it's tr- a very tr- esoteric topic to an. Well, we're right? an esoteric no? pod, baby. At- no, I'm saying like it's very interesting. I mean, how many times are you asked about Batarga? Two in one day. That's. It. I mean, no, I agree completely, and that's why it's of note to to include both of them. True, true beats. I don't know. T-R-U-E-T-T space D-I-E-T-Z. Doesn't roll off the tongue very well, Truett mm. Dietz, or is it diets with a Z? <laughs> Could be. It's uh, extreme diets. Sorry, I, mean, I, know, I know that we're like Twitter friends, Truett, and I don't mean to insult your name. 
It's a tight handle. But uh, we need to get some clarification. Send me a DM on how to pronounce your name next time. <laughs> Any Botarga-based home cooking experiences? Yes. So Botarga, if you don't know what it is, it's like a cured roe sack from a fish. Mm-hmm. And it is then... We've cooked it together in this house. Yeah. It's often found either thinly sliced like a piece of... Hamon serrano or uh, shaved like, prosciutto or something like that. Yeah, shaved like a nice hard cheese. Or with a microplane and, and yeah. shaved like a, a dusty cloud on top of often pasta dishes. There's a piece in that fridge, baby. Um, there's a piece in the fridge from Stewie's fiance. Shout out to Camille. Camille smuggled it all the way from, from France. Right in that prison pocket. <laughs> right in the prison pocket. Um... I think Butarga is good. I haven't cooked with it that much, and I, and I would love to experiment with it more than just shaving it on top of pasta. And, and I mean, the flavor that you but get I think from that's it. The, that's the biggest application of it because it's such a sensitive product. Like, if you would use that to start a stock or a soup Ooh. or anything, I mean, you would. I think you would go to something less refined and less. Less specific, like you would start with mm-hmm. a, a fish stock or something kind of the less high end ingredient. I mean, everything it's a finishing product, as far as what I've understand and seen the recipes for. It, and it's yeah. strong. And I, I, you know, I don't like really strong fish tastes, but um, when we cooked with it, you know, I've gone a little bit milder on my plates, but really enjoyed it in the way that like sometimes really fish sauce heavy dishes can be overpowering to me. Mm-hmm. But I cook with fish sauce all the time and know how to use it for my own palate. Mm-hmm. Um, it's but it's a little sh- mouth. But it's a strong, I mean, it's a very strong flavor on its own. It like is. If you shaved a piece, like, on your palm and just kind of tasted it, you know, it'll... It's a blast. Y- your eyes will roll back a little bit. Like, it's, <laughs> it's intense. It is intense. But with a little bit of, you know, some kind of fat, whether it's butter or cream or mm-hmm. some kind of stock... Um, mixed in just like any kind of fish sauce and most Asian dishes mm-hmm. blends in and adds umami. I mean, I think that's kind of where it yeah. plays. It's, w- a, it's a bonito flake on top of, you know, mm-hmm. a, a nice piece of tempura. Or it, it's that. But I, I that think world. it's so much more refined and subtle than a bonito. Oh, for hit. sure. But it's, it's, but yeah. it's in the way that it's bonito that is not usually used as a stock so much as it is like kind of a finishing essence. Mm. Bonito is often used in stocks. Sure. Um, but I, I would say for for the Batarga, it is tight. It is n- not cheap. Um, but I think it's a nice little finisher on things. Maybe you can sprinkle some on a deviled egg. I like I like incorporating it with not just a seafood-based pasta, but like a tomato-based one. And kind of having that mix in where it adds like a, a subtle hit where you can't really tell. Like putting an anchovy in something to give it more richness and depth. Um, I would like to, I would definitely like to try experimenting with it more. I don't exactly know, but maybe in the world of, of Asian foods, you know, on a Korean tip, put it on some fried rice. Who knows? But I would say, yes. Yeah. Some the fried rice would be good. Make sure you have a microplane. Um. Also go sparingly. Yeah, Start slow. Taste can, as, taste as you finish. You can always add more batarga. You can never take it away. Because it just slips into there. Oh, it's also really salty too. Salty as a. We didn't mention that. So if you have something, if you're, if you're going to use it, under salt whatever you're finishing with. At Leo the Asian, very regular, great name. I like that Leo and his avatar photos. Him next to a Christmas tree. Leo, it's time to change that around. 
What is hot and new in L.A. going to be there April 9th to 13th? Oddly specific, Leo, as we're not friends. Also, is Nobu worth it? No. Second question, <laughs> Nobu is not no. worth it. Definitely don't go to Nobu. Don't. Well, I mean, go if you want to, but if like no, your money could be much better spent in a lot of other places. Yeah, there's there's definitely. But he didn't add. The problem is that he did, is Nobu worth it? But is he talking about sushi or just expensive food in L.A.? Because there's expensive food in L.A. that's definitely worth it. Mm, I think I think if he's I think he should Leo the Asian. You should not go to Nobu. I mean, Gwen, and you should spend that. Mod Kispaka. There there are a lot of places very expensive that are worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but sushi wise, there's there's Ugh, there's no. dozens of sushi restaurants that are more enjoyable than Nobu. I mean, maybe Nobu in the '90s was worth it, but nowadays, I mean, Nobu Malibu is something. Go to Malibu and Nobu uh, and I mean, get a like, glass of white wine and look at the ocean. Maybe Drake will get, be there. And if you do it at sunset, then maybe it's kind of not worth okay, it. Okay, Leo, we're going. Yeah, we'll <laughs> meet you going. there. Um, no, new- Nobu Malibu sunset maybe not worth it. Every other Nobu, definitely not worth it. <laughs> uh, new and hot in L.A. I mean, I was just saying Lhasa. They just opened yep. up permanently, and that's a good one. A lot of people um, have seemed to have been in, be enjoying Here's Looking at You in Koreatown, mm-hmm. which apparently f- sucked at first. Oh. Um, but now they've got their bearings, and it's apparently it's tight, according to some people. Song like Lung Thai just opened downtown, which is that Thai place uh, from Sticky Rice and Waikai Pod Thai. That's got Song kinda, Long High. That's like a very much a, a nice medium priced uh, Thai street food vibe. Mm-hmm. Kind of a night market, but focused on reasonably priced beers and. Um, like a big small plate menu and then a few grilled dishes. Mm, I like big small plate. And also, you know, from people making great food already in L.A. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go check out Pock Pock. They just opened up in Chinatown. <laughs> a little callback call to last week's episode. Too soon, dude. Um, but yeah, I mean, just look I at... I mean, I, I don't know if Howling Rays is not... I don't if know he, if the last time you were here, but I mean, if you're looking, if we're stepping outside of... Um, sushi. I mean, if you've never been to, God, I mean, I don't know the the place that you. I haven't been yet that you've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. Multiple favorite things of the week. Uh, I don't know. A sushi place that you had been to. That oh, Soragashi. 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 Yeah, Soragashi. Great. Um, but yeah, just sushi look. again too downtown if you've never been there. But I don't know how there's, often. There's many good sushis to to be had. Next time, appreciate the question, but tell us last time you were here. Real the Asian. Um, if you want to take me to Nobu, I'll go with you. Um, we have a question. Thoughts on bai, Baiju? I don't know what Baiju is. Do you know what that is, Andre? No, it sounds familiar though. I'm popping it into the Google. Uh, it's a beverage, mm. also known as Shaoju, archaically as sorghum wine, a Chinese alcoholic beverage made from grain. I was going to say it sounds like a Chinese wine because Zhu is usually like an alcohol. It, translated literally, it means white alcohol or liqueur and is a strong distilled spirit between 40 and 60% alcohol. Round-eye firewater. Never had it before. 
Maybe we need to have your mom 40 come to, back. Forty to sixty means eighty to one eighty to one hundred proof. Mm-hmm. Or wait, eighty to one twenty proof. Yeah, that's mm. bad man. Bad man alcohol. I've yeah, never had it. That's in the your heavy dad's probably had it scene. right. Yeah, probably with a rattlesnake in it. Yeah, because your dad's bed. an absolute bad man. Never had uh, never had that drink. That was uh, Sebastian. We are mouth. At we are mouths. No, my dad tells the story of a, a Chinese wine. I think it's called Chinese wine. And you look it up. Mao Tai? Mm. I'll, we'll have him on at some point, and he can tell this story, but it involves some people uh, internationally from all over Asia, Spain. South America, that were all insanely heavy drinkers, mm-hmm. and a few people didn't get up for like a day and a half, and some people got up the next morning and was like having margaritas. <laughs> Great story. Damn. Pretty sure there's a rattlesnake in the bottle too. I don't doubt it. Um, at steadily mobbing, what is your home Del Taco chicken soft taco white sauce recipe? I don't have one, but you do. Um, I have made it before. I like to do a little lemon juice, a little bit of vinegar, a little buttermilk, a little Mexican crema, salt, pepper, maybe a little bit of garlic powder, and you're you're pretty much on the way. I know that theirs is kind of just like a vinegary mayonnaise buttermilk kind of thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but... You know, that's if you want to make your own butter. I don't mess with perfection. The, uh, but if you Google it, there's a, bunch of, there's a bunch of recipes online, like mayonnaise, sour cream, lemon juice, garlic, salt yeah. is kind of the basic for it. And then just kind of tweak it how you want it. Tweak it how you want it, at Silly Mobbing. Um, are we, is that all of the questions? Nikki Jaggerman is sitting next to me, and she definitely texted... Seven questions oh, late boy. in the game. Uh, okay. We're going to close this out with a few quick lightning round questions. Oh, boy. From Nikki Jaggerman. Listen to my other podcast, Tall Tales, where Nikki is the co-host. <laughs> Her question number one, would you rather eat whale meat ceviche or baked chicken, but all the feathers are still on it? Seriously, dude? Great question. Great question. I'm going to go whale meat ceviche because that could actually be pretty good. And I've thought about eating feathers before and how bad that must be. <laughs> I've, that's something that I recently thought about was how much it would, how like it would be torturous to eat feathers. On the advice of my counsel, mm-hmm. I cannot answer this question. Are you tied up in like a whale scandal right no, now, baby? No, not at all. I just like, that's horrible. No, that's not a question. <laughs> God damn it. Question um, number I would, two. I would say, sure, whale meat, because it's illegal, but it's a delicacy around the world. No one has ever told me that feathers on chicken is a delicacy. So, mm, What's better, question number two, what's better, turducken or turpig cow? <laughs> I'm assuming that's where you put a turkey inside of a pig inside of a cow, which is very major, very major. <laughs> Um, and I'm going to go on this one. But how do we know? Nikki, is turpig cow a real thing or did you just invent it right now? 
just invented it. Question number can we, three. Can we, can we, what's better, turducken or turpig beef? All right, we'll What's better, turducken or turporeef? Right, right, right. I mean, I think no. Have has has anyone ever put a even just taken a pit, a whole pig and then sewed it up into a cow carcass and then cooked that? That's that's major. I mean, obviously, it's like a funny joke that Nikki this, has this, in, incorporated this into our show, but now it's sounding, it's sounding kind of interesting. This to got me. so hijacked by these questions. It's just a little lightning round, baby. Um, I think with never the t- heard of it. I think there's too much meat to actually cook in a way Thanks, that would Dad. not. You know what? <laughs> um, great questions, Nikki. Thank you for that. Those are pretty good. Um, have you heard about Grubhub Delivery X? I just saw. I saw that in my email inbox. Oh, did you? <laughs> yes, but I had, I did not read what it is. It looks dumb, like somebody brings you food on a skateboard. That's exactly what it is. But described as parkour, BMX, skateboarding, it's faster. So there's no way that's good. You How what, is it faster than a car? You know what I want to get? A real nice, delicate tostada delivered to me by parkour. <laughs> Can't wait to see what that box looks like. Yeah, what are you, what are you delivering via parkour? Vacuum-sealed veal. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand this concept whatsoever. <laughs> it was like, all right, but I can get it three minutes faster to you on a BMX bike by a guy who's not legally licensed to operate a machine. Sick. Yeah, none of this makes sense to me at all. And that's, you know what? It could be... An April Fool's joke, as April Fool's is here. No, no, it came today. No, well, I mean, it's April the 31st. Fool's. First, it's close. I mean, is there? Hell is no. Really, if you're if you're Grub Street, if you're listening, um, I don't know. Collect collect your things and. I just feel like this is a gone. very fun topic to think about. I mean, there's no way rollerblades. There's no way razors. any of this is good at all. Like the only like in in Manhattan, if you have like a bicycle and you can weave in through traffic carefully, and you have your like FedEx files and blueprints that you need signing and and food, like that makes sense because you, sure. you can't drive in the city. But like that's it. Even LA has bad traffic. It's still faster than a fucking BMX. Bike. I just love the idea of ordering um, Grubhub X from Santa Monica. <laughs> To Los Feliz. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Just, just seeing them like parkour like seventeen miles. So Bay Cities to Pasadena, yeah. and I want you jumping off of <laughs> I want you jumping off of mailboxes the entire fucking time. <laughs> I understand. Just, it will take three days to get yeah. here. <laughs> you need a forty-eight hour advance order. Oh, I mean, and also, what if you could for an additional five bucks have the cam helmet? footage oh. of your delivery live gopro feed yeah i just need the gopro hero 4 just to just to feed. hear you just hear like is is my soup dripping on the ground <laughs> yeah. i just i hear slosh i hear a lot no, of i just want to see like i just want to see like the edges that he climbs the buildings that he scales to mm-hmm. get me my food yeah you want like a mission impossible style yeah. heist uh pov shot <laughs> 
Like you just get your food in the styrofoam. You can't decipher like the chicken from the styrofoam because it's all just become one mush from all like the hard 360 rolls he's done on rooftops. To Eating get it a to lot you. of styrofoam. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Uh, if you know anything more about this Grubhub Delivery X, let me know. Please let me know. Nikki Jagerman, please, no more questions. Um, we've reached the end of the show, Andre. We're going to talk about the best thing that we ate all week. Sure. I mean, I'm going... I didn't really eat that much good this week at all. I mean, I guess the best thing I had was my uh, my sope, which if you follow me on on Instagram, I, I tweeted a pic of it. You can look at it right here. Sope oh, smeared with guacamole and then uh, crispy fried chicken skins and onions with tapatio all over it. Looks so good. Went down real nice. Would have been better with the best thing I ate this week, which was Mexican Molotov salsa. Oh, it would have been no, better. I, honestly, I will say I've been so impressed with the salsa that I got from... It's delicious. Uh, El Machete. Wow. Boy, hot salsa. Bueno, uh, bueno. I, I would say... It's something that, even though it's maybe not super cheap, I think it's like nine bucks a bottle or ten bucks a bottle or three for twenty-five. But when you break it down, it's like six, seven bucks a bottle. Not that bad. Okay, eight bucks a bottle. But um, all their flavors, everything. I've been having it for almost a week now on everything from. They better give us some free fucking sauce after all this plugging. I, mean, I don't think they can. I think their product. I think they make an expensive product that. Well, I'll send them. A, I'll send them a message on Instagram and give them a link to this episode, and then they we're gonna you're gonna They'll we're gonna be wearing El Machete t-shirts and we'll next get week. T-shirts, but I mean everything from eggs to normal stuff like tostadas and from eggs to normal stuff, um, and even uh, on beef jerky. Mm-hmm. Kirkland signature. Very impressed. All right, Andre. Another fantastic episode of the stew is in the is in the can. We did it. Great episode. I'm all hopped up on machete and high chews. Sure. Um, Thestewpodcast.com is the website where all the episodes are. Sorry about the commercials. Follow me on Twitter <laughs> and social media at them jeans. Andre Conaparo does not have any of that because he hasn't figured it out yet. My brother is at Stewie Stewart. If you go on iTunes, give us a rating and review and a subscribe. Hi, Karen. Hi, Jill. Our moms. Shouts, Jill. Shouts, Karen. Listen to my other podcast, Tall Tales, also on iTunes with Nikki Jaggerman, who asked those great questions. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.